1: What's up, students? Happy Monday, man. Hope you enjoyed being just with us yesterday in life groups and in service, man. It was so many, so good to see many of y'all at the lift yesterday, and uh, been excited there today to continue to walk through Second Kings with one another. And uh, this is fun because you know I've I've been saying this a lot going through this book, but there's been a lot of chapters that just, admittedly, I never read for myself before. Right? There's chapters where I was like, man, I never knew the story was there, and it was awesome. Uh, This is not one of those chapters. Uh, Second Kings chapter three is easily one of my Favorite story is one of my favorite events in the Bible, and it's a big deal because remember yesterday we talked about how the torch is being officially passed from Elijah to Elisha, right? And so uh, the torch has been passed, and and really there needs to be something that kind of solidifies Elisha as this new prophet, this new man on the scene who is similar to Elijah and has the same authority that Elijah did, and that situation happens. And so what you have in Second Kings chapter three, this is an overview. I hope you read it, but what you have is you have Jehoram become the new king of Israel, right? Remember, Israel's in the north, Judah's in the south, and Jehoram is not a good king. He's not a good king, and there's this king of Moab, and Jehoram is the son of Ahab, which was the most awful king ever, right? And so it kind of makes sense that Jehoram would not be good, right? But there's this king of Moab, his name is Mesha, who basically betrayed Jehoram. He had kind of an alliance with Ahab, Jehoram's dad, and so when Ahab died, Mesha, king of Moab, was like, you know what? I'm out of this. But Jehoram didn't like that too much, right? So Jehoram is ready to go to war with Mesha, king of Moab. So what Jehoram does, and there's a lot of names here, so I hope you read it on your own. But what Jehoram does is he calls Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. Remember Israel in the north, Judah in the south, and Jehoshaphat is a really good king. He's a really good king, right? Um, And so Jehoram calls Jehoshaphat, says, hey, will you go to war with me? And and they decide they're going to go together. And on their way, they kind of randomly pick up the king of Edom, which is kind of funny. And so, it's Jehoram, the bad king of Israel, Jehoshaphat, the good king of Judah, and the king of Edom. And on their way to battle, on their way to fight King Mesha, um, they come across this valley. They go through this wilderness and they don't have any water. And so they're literally about to die. Um, There's this crazy part where King Jehoram basically blames God, although he's worshiping false gods. And so it's kind of ironic here that he blames God. Um, But Jehoshaphat says, man, I heard about this man of God in the area. Let's call him. And guess who that man of God is. It's Elisha. And I love what happens here. Cause remember Elisha, his predecessor was Elijah, right? Elijah and Ahab did not get along, right? There was conflict, conflict, conflict. They they hated one another. They did not get along, get along at all, right? So Elisha gets called by Jehoram ahab's son right and i love what the bible says this is so good um in verse 13 he says what do i have to do with you go to the prophets of your father and to the prophets of your mother right he's like jehoram why are you calling me now because you've been worshiping other gods so what are you doing calling me Yeah, jehoram asking for help and then i love what elisha says this is so good verse 14 he says as the lord of hosts lives before whom i stand were it not that I have regard for Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would neither look at you nor see you. So notice what happens here. Basically what Elisha says, he says, Jehoram, if you'd have come on your own, if you'd have just come by yourself, I would have kicked you out. I might've killed you, right? But, but because you brought a good king with you, because Jehoshaphat is in your presence, I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to hear you out. and And what he does is amazing. He um he he tells him uh, to bring him a musician, right? And Elisha begins to seek the Lord. And what he says, he tells the people to go out into a valley and dig ditches, right? Make pools and dig ditches. But the the ironic thing is, he says you're not going to see wind or you're not going to see rain. Like you're going to see no sign of a storm coming at all. But go out and dig ditches. And yet, when you do that, the next morning the Lord is going to provide rain. and that's exactly what God does. The people go out and they dig. They, they don't see any wind. They don't They don't see any rain coming, but they wake up the next morning and there's water in the valley. And then at the end of the chapter, the people of Israel and Judah and Edom defeat the king of Moab. And it's a crazy, um, awesome story. And, and I could encourage you, um, I preached a whole sermon on this uh, called Keep Digging, right? Where what do you do when what you're doing doesn't seem like it's working because they're digging ditches and there's no sign that it's working, but it God still provided. And so this 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 man staying faithful to what God's word says, staying true to what his word says. That is definitely in this passage. But man, every time I read this, I'm overcome by the beauty of what Elisha says to Jehoram. He says, if it was just you, I would not give you the time of day, but but because you brought a good king with you. But because you brought Jehoshaphat with you and you brought a good king, I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to respond to you. And and you know, as soon as I'm just so reminded of the gospel in this chapter where, man, on our own before God, we do not deserve the time of death. Uh, on our own before God, we don't deserve his assistance. We don't deserve help. We, in fact, the complete opposite, we deserve death. But we, we have a good king who is an advocate for us, the New Testament says. And we have a good king who, who died on our behalf, took our sin, took our shame, nailed it to a cross, he rose again three days later, and we have a good king who is an advocate for us. And so when we stand before God the Father, we're standing with a good king. We're standing with Jesus. And and because of Jesus, because of the righteousness of Christ, we're able to approach God, and we're able to have a relationship and intimacy with God, and it's amazing. And so I'm so reminded of the gospel in this chapter where Jehoram comes and Elisha's like, bro, if it was just you, I would not listen to you right now. You don't deserve to be listened to, but you brought a good king with you. That's so how I'm going to hear you out. And, uh, man, I'm just reminded of the good king that we have us. And that good king is Jesus. So, man, I love you. Hope you're encouraged by that. Uh, man, we could talk about that forever. I preached like a 45-minute sermon on that one time. And this is just six minutes. Uh, and so if you have any questions about that, let's talk about it. But, man, I love you, students. And I can't wait to see you tomorrow for Second Kings 4. And hope you're already thinking about who you're going to invite Wednesday night. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait to see you there.
0: Thanks so much for listening.